Was it real? That's a question I get asked a lot by people in this season. And what they're asking is, were the experiences we had in our church legit? Can we look back on them fondly, even though we've now left some who have left because that church created great trauma? It's a it's a heart-wrenching question to ask. We all have moments that were pleasant and wonderful and even transformational. And now do we have to throw those out and say they didn't matter because the church we loved growing up has proven to be something very different than what we believed? Tara Jean Stevens did a podcast called Heaven Bent. She's working on more seasons now, and she wrestles with these questions of the, the religious belief and the fervor and the joy and the passion and the transformation of her youth. And I love the questions she's asking. I recommend that podcast, and I recommend you listen to our conversation today. We're going to talk to her in just a bit because I think the story is so important. It speaks to just the very heart of who we are as people. Was it real? Did I interact with God? Did I interact with something divine? Or was it all a ruse? Were we just deceived? Let's wrestle with those questions a little bit today in this podcast where we like to have unconventional conversations pointed towards this message that God is not mad at you. I want to remind you as we go into this podcast that you can be a part of helping to support the work we do here at uh, with Pastor Paul by joining our Patreon page or just giving a gift. We are a, a for-profit work, so you don't get a tax deduction, but your reward can just be in your generosity if you can. I know for many, financial times are hard, but I just want to offer this up. If you appreciate what I do in offering the connections for the unconventional spiritual life during the week for just as little as $5.99 a month. You can help keep us rolling, and I will appreciate it so very, very much. Tara Jean Stevens is the producer, host, innovator of an incredible podcast called Heaven Vent, where they look at these tough questions of what does our look back on our spiritual life of the past looked like. I hope you enjoyed this discussion. And for those of you listening or watching this over Thanksgiving holiday, I wish you a happy holiday season here in America. And those tough times with family to be carried out with me and you sharing together our energy and hope and power to be ourselves, even when others try to press us to not be my blessing to you. Enjoy my conversation with Tara Jean Stevens. It's an important one. It's a good one. And you're going to love her. Let's listen. All right, Paul Swearingen here at Pastor Paul TikTok on social media. Glad you're with us today for what's going to be a really interesting conversation from a super podcaster that I've really enjoyed listening to. And I think this is going to be a great discussion because many of you talk to me about how it's a struggle of was, was it real? Do I still get to enjoy 
what I loved in my days of going to church and being in my church community as I'm walking this deconstruction journey. So our guest today, Tara Jean Stevens, has walked that journey and did a podcast about it. Uh, it's called the Heaven Bent Podcast. She's also a, a radio broadcaster for KISS Radio in Vancouver and joins us from up in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. Tara Jean, how are you today? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me, Pastor Paul. It's a pleasure. <laughs> well, you're welcome to call me Paul, but thank you for that, that I honor. I haven't called anybody pastor in a while. And it's so been a while for you. Take the opportunity. Well, I, I got to tell you, my, my wife and I loved the podcast, um, and we... Uh, grew up charismatic kids, uh, kids in charismatic evangelical churches, and we loved it, and it was so painful at the same time. And for anybody that doesn't know, the podcast talked about this Toronto movement in the Vineyard Association of Churches, where I actually was first ordained as a pastor. No and way. Then, yeah, and Bethel Church out of Reading, and we know so many people up there. They're, they're very close friends. And I say that saying, don't be afraid that I'm going to be angry about the podcast. I thought you did a fascinating look at these two movements that have been very impactful in the lives of my household. Tell me, how did you decide to do this podcast? How did it come about? Well, I grew up in the Pentecostal church in Canada, and I lived in a pretty remote town called Prince Rupert, which is way up the BC coast at the end of the Alaskan panhandle. And we were incredibly isolated, a very small town. And our little church became impacted by the Toronto Blessing Movement in the 90s. And it happened by a group of people from our church hearing that something special was happening in Toronto. And they all flew out there as a group. And when they were there, uh, some of this phenomena happened. So uh, they said that gold dust was falling from the ceiling. People were shaking and falling to the ground. Uh, the big one, though, and this was really the sort of kickstart later in life for me making this podcast, was this memory that I have of being a teenager, going to church one Sunday morning, and this group of people standing in front of the church, fresh back from Toronto, and one of the women opened up her mouth and said that God had given her a gold tooth, a oh, gold yeah. molar. And we all stood in a line after the service to look in her mouth, and I... I I remember at the time just not being shocked because we lived in this world, right? Like it, it wasn't a, a world where you expected miracles to happen. We expected, from, from heaven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We expected miracles to happen and we claimed them and said they were happening in our lives, but nothing like this. I mean, this was a whole other level, uh, but it was in my later teen years and I moved away. I graduated high school shortly after that moved away to the big city and, um, and for me, I guess I didn't have a word for it until recently, was slowly deconstructing. I found fault in the church. Um, I identified some of uh, the incidents and the memories I had as actually being quite traumatic. And um, that eventually led me to, to therapy and some post-secondary non-Christian education to help educate myself. But there was still this memory I had of the gold tooth. And as I started to let go of my fundamental beliefs... I couldn't stop thinking about that gold tooth because, mm. Paul, if that woman got a gold tooth from God, then I was going to go to hell because I was not living that life anymore. If that and was it, real, then it all is real, right? Exactly, exactly. So I was probably, how old was I? About 26 when um, my my boyfriend, my future husband, my still husband now said to me, hey, you know, 
there's this thing called Google. You could go on there and maybe like search up some words and see what you find. So I Googled uh, gold tooth Toronto. I didn't even know what the Toronto blessing was at the time. I, I, I had no idea. I'd never heard those words before. I just knew about oh, the wow. gold teeth. Okay. And so I um, Googled gold, gold teeth Toronto church. And the first thing that came up was this blog that one of the pastors, uh, one of the leaders in Toronto at the time, um, had posted after the fact, apologizing, actually. And the blog was, um, from a Christian point of view, he was still a pastor, but he felt at the time, and I don't even know what his name was because I can't find that blog anymore. And he said, I want to apologize to anyone who was negatively impacted by this movement. I feel that we as leadership allowed things to get out of control where people were making false claims and having spiritual hallucinations. And I wept and mm. I, I could even right now, just the fact that I didn't, it, that he was still in the church and apologizing for it may, meant a lot to me. It made that apology more accessible. Um, but as much as that guy probably didn't mean to completely snip my faith in that moment, it did, it, it released me. It released me and it allowed me to get answers to questions that I hadn't been able to comprehend, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, even just scientific stuff, you know, St I had been raised in the Christian church, never went to public school until grade 11. So I couldn't understand, uh, let's say like evolution, because I'd been taught that the dinosaur bones were planted by yeah. devil's minions in order to trick us to think that the world was older. So I had a lot of, I had a lot of time then after that moment to unpack it. And then later on, I decided that it was a story that I wanted to tell. So mm. that's when I decided to launch Heaven Bent. And it's been an incredible journey. And I've realized that I'm not alone in all these questions. You are not. I'm not you alone not. in all the, <laughs> on all the trauma and confusion and divisive conversations amongst family like i'm not alone and that's yeah. that's what i've discovered through my pod did the did the pastor's blog did he debunk the gold teeth and there were all kinds of ways that uh, i guess manifest uh, this this movement manifest in people but but gold teeth was one of the big common miracles that happened and was he debunking that yeah his blog included photos of people going to the dentist and um finding out that they'd just forgotten that a dentist had put the gold tooth there um but at the same time like as part of my investigation or i always hesitated to use that word my exploration was to go back to prince rupert and talk to some of the adults who made these claims and they are the most lovely people that are so close to my heart and they helped like Paul, these women helped raise me, you know, oh. and these memories for them and these claims are so important to their current walk faith, their their current walk with God and how they understand the world. And so it was really hard for me to come in there and not question it, but to hear out their stories and make sure that I presented them in a way where I wasn't making fun. I but I never found any real gold teeth. I wasn't so, able to. And your goal of the podcast, and I love hearing that beautiful emotion from you right there, that even that that community still stirs that passion yeah, in you. And, big time. And their love for that movement 
it still causes love. I think that's a, a wrestling match for a lot of us. And so, yeah. and I, I really think you did this beautifully in the podcast. You didn't come to attack the movement or the people no. in it or say it was even bad necessarily, but just taking a really honest look is, is that kind of your approach w when you came to it? Cause, cause that's what we heard. Yeah. Well, a hundred percent. That's, that was how I wanted to to come at it. I'm just really, I should have brought Kleenex. Oh, oh um, <laughs> I would give you one if I could. I got one <laughs> just, I'll use my faux fur. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, one of the the first things that I did, the very first thing I did when I decided I wanted to tell this story and start looking into it was have a conversation with my parents. Mm. Uh, uh, are you okay if I start poking around in this? Are you comfortable if I reach out to people from our past and family friends and start asking about this? Um, my parents don't go to a church anymore, but I think if you ask them, they're still Christians. I don't think that they ever thought in a thousand years that two decades later, their daughter would come up and be like, okay, what the heck was that? Okay. <laughs> Cause there was some really weird stuff that happened beyond the gold teeth. You know, I remember, I remember the day that my dad got, um, got baptized in a, in a private swimming pool in our little town. And when we left, he said he was drunk in the spirit. And he was driving weird and a cop pulled us over and my dad just howling and saying, I'm drunk in the spirit. You can't arrest me. And I'm, and that was just normal. But now I look back on it and go like, dude, that was really weird. That was really strange. <laughs> did, did you have any of those experiences personally? Oh, of course. Of course. For me, it was uh, when we would go to the youth conventions. Yeah. So uh, in British Columbia, the big youth conventions were in um, some towns in the interior called Kamloops and Kelowna. And there were thousands of teenagers there from the Yukon and British Columbia. And every year we would bust down there in the spring. And over the course of the mid nineties, the Toronto, I didn't know at the time, but a lot of these leaders were ushering in sort of the spirit of the Toronto blessing to us there and telling us like at the start of these meetings, something incredible is going to happen here tonight. Many of you are going to shake and fall to the ground. Some of you are going to receive miracles. You're going to be speaking in tongues in languages that you've never heard before. There was a great sense of anticipation and that stuff did happen. And if I remove everything that I've picked apart and put my poked at so much now, I still look back on those meetings and think, yeah, but how beautiful it was that from sitting in my seat when I got called to the altar that I felt myself go from cold air to warm water, that I felt a closer bond with my friends in that moment and something that we can still talk about and look back on fondly. Um, I'm for, but it took a lot of therapy though, Paul, for me to be able to isolate the two things because there was positive, there was harmless, mm. there was community, there was joy and dancing and beautiful music and harmonizing and the presence of something that I now, for me, it's not about uh, God or the Holy Spirit, but about when people gather together with something in their hearts that something magical can happen. I still believe in that. Um, but there was also the trauma and that's the part that I can't, I can't ignore anymore. I can't brush that. I can't brush that over.
I hope you're enjoying this discussion with Tara Jean. It's so important and it's amazing. I think she's just an awesome, awesome person. I just want to take a quick break to remind you that we have ways to touch in together in community as we pursue this unconventional spiritual life of the 21st century together. All week long, Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. Pacific, we have our spiritual mindfulness moment, a time of contemplation and prayer and connecting together and connecting with the divine. Thursdays, we release our God's Not Mad at You podcast. Saturdays, our, our sermon of Pastor Paul's Bible Talk. Sunday, we get together in Sunday community. And every third Tuesday of the month, we have our unconventional conversations together. So join us all week long as we walk out this unconventional spiritual life together. I love connecting with you along the way. Now, back to our unconventional conversation with Tara Jean Stevens of the Heaven Bent Podcast. Do you believe in anything sort of divine and out of the realm of natural? Yeah, I, I do, actually. Okay. I, I believe that there are things in this world that we don't understand. Yeah. I don't believe that they've been explained in a way that makes sense to me anymore. Um, and that goes back to what I said at the start there about um, finding fault in the church. And when you're, I was raised so fundamental, it, every, this is, this is what's real. Nothing in this is wrong. And when I started to find things that were absolutely wrong, the whole thing fell apart for me. Yeah. And um, it's a really I, like, common I, story happening right now. I just want to say to like the fundamental church if you're upset about us leaving, that's why it's because it, it, it fall, it fell apart so easily. Mostly for me, it was attributed to meeting people who were uh, openly gay in the city and realizing that they were not the people that I had been told about at summer camp, these evil mm -hmm. people that they just weren't. And I went, okay, well, if they're not the, okay, what else is going on here? You know, I, I call that the uh, string in the sweater uh, experience. Yeah. You, you, Okay, this isn't this isn't matching up with what I've been told or what I've how I've been taught to read the Bible. And once you pull that first string, it just kind of keeps coming and keeps coming. Then doesn't it? It sure does. But you know what I also think a lot about too, and especially as I've started to make heaven bent and now talk, I'm talking again with people who are believers, of people who are on fire Christians. You know, former you know kids that I went to high school with who are now youth pastors, and when I talk with them now, they're, I just have they're, I'm still fascinated about why did it break in me and not in you? Hmm. What is it about? How come I'm not? How come I'm not televangelist? That's what I thought I was gonna be. Like I now work in radio and television, and I host TV shows, and I have a podcast. But if that hadn't broken in me, I would have been probably a prophet with a tv show like i really yeah. do believe that that's tammy I Faye. Felt, yeah yeah a canadian <laughs> version so i do wonder like mm. how come you got to keep believing and you still got to keep going to church and you still have that community in your life and i miss that i miss the music i miss the fellowship but i can't that's, go anymore isn't that the thing of it all is very I, I just think as humans, we're so wired for community. We love the community. And yeah. Rachel Held Evans, who wrote Searching for Sunday. I don't know if you've read that book, but such a no. great book. And having to leave her church and know she can't be there anymore because she doesn't believe the way they believe and driving away and saying, who's going to bring us casseroles when we have a baby now? You know, it's it's just, oh God, isn't it tragic? So true. Isn't it's it so true. And, and also, you know, another repercussion of that is 
as much as I've, you know, my belief system has totally changed. And now I just believe that there is a beautiful mystery in this world that I can't quite explain. Um, I, because of the fundamental upbringing, I can't lean on any other communities. It's still, I can't do yoga without thinking that I'm presenting my body to the devil. Like I, (laughs) I I just can't. I think, oh no, it's meditation. It's yoga. It's allowing devil demons. And like, I, I get so so many messages from from people that are just like, I I know I don't believe this anymore, but I'm still sure that I'm going to hell. It's, it is is such a crazy (laughs) thing. I hope it's a good party. Yeah, exactly. For people listening in, uh, you know, these are experiences that very much shaped uh, I, you know, I grew up in, a, in an Assemblies of God household. My dad was a pastor. We a lot of speaking in tongues, a lot of prayer for healing. And then a, I had my pagan years, I say, through college where I rejected it all, but then came back around and, and the Vineyard Association of Churches, this Vineyard movement, and then Bethel were very impactful. And I've had these experiences of falling down and of having people prophesy and say things that they really couldn't have known, that they had no access to know. And, and so it's it's still this wrestling match in me of, I know I don't believe that anymore, but even once we had a guy prophesy, you know, using that language that, hey, there's somebody here with a left foot that that hurts. And this guy next to me raised his hand that his left foot hurt. And so I asked him if I could pray for his left foot. So I got down on a knee and I'm praying for his left foot. And the next thing I know, he's like, I can hear and I, I was like, what? He said, I've been deaf in my left ear for 15 years and I can hear. And so wow. somehow, somehow in the midst of this atmosphere where maybe there's just some human expectation of something supernatural happening. That, and I just kept going, well, what about your foot? I'm praying for your foot. But, you know, he, his friend was like, yeah, we've known you have to be on his right side because he can't hear out of his left ear. So there's something out there. And and so I keep telling people, like, if I have access to something like that, I'm not going to reject that. I don't want to lose that. But I also don't believe there's some guy in heaven on a throne with a gray beard, like, looking to throw lightning at me whenever he can. And Yeah, so and, literal. Yeah, that has been very helpful to work that through. Let me get back to the podcaster. Do you mind if I play a, a quick clip of the podcast? Yeah, please. I'd love that. All right. Let me uh, see if I can remember how to do that on this this. Uh, machine here, but this is the Heaven Bent podcast. I looked around for really good clips and then finally decided, you know, you probably picked the first clip for a reason and I think it's the best one. So here is Tara Jean's podcast, season one, episode one, Heaven Bent. Let's listen. I haven't heard this in a while. On January 20th, 1994, Strange things started happening at Toronto Airport Vineyard, a small Christian church near the end of a runway at Toronto Pearson International Airport. People couldn't even walk to the front. They were just knocked to the floor underneath their chairs all over the building. During that Thursday evening service, right around the corner from Canada's busiest airport, Pastor John Arnott handed the microphone over to his invited guest speaker. Right at that moment, it was like, the Holy Spirit exploded across the room. His guest was a Missouri pastor named Randy Clark. Pay attention to your emotions and pay attention to your body. We don't want any courtesy drops. And the room erupted into people falling, shaking, laughing, crying, screaming. 
There were 130 or so people in the room that night. And at the end of Randy Clark's sermon, nearly every single one of them fell to the ground. And this was only the beginning. <laughs> it's, it's, Cue the organs. <laughs> yeah. Beautifully done. I love the, the production of all of that. Um, so what has been the response now from people that you've known, people that you haven't known? Has there been anybody get really angry about what you've done? Um, I think if anyone is super angry, they don't tell me about it. I know that. I can't imagine that um, that you'd necessarily... Are you still there? Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, here. I know, you, sorry. I was yeah. like, oh, the sun fell so low. <laughs> I just wanted everybody just to look at you as you said this. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely... I did hear from like, let's say I got a tweet once from someone that said that I was going to go to hell for what I was doing. Um, that's probably the hardest feedback I've heard, but okay. I think that's because anyone who really has a sore spot about it just doesn't let me know about it and probably doesn't even listen to the whole podcast either. So you I did think, not hear from the R-Nots, the, the pastors of the Toronto. I, I didn't there. hear from the R-Nots, but I did hear from the current pastor of the Toronto church. Uh, his name is blanking on me presently. Lovely guy who wrote me after I had, he had obviously heard about the podcast while it was launching. So uh, a couple years ago, I was probably two episodes out and he wrote me and just wanted to let me know that he was listening and that he appreciated that at that point in the podcast, and I hope he still feels like that if he continued to listen, uh, he thanked me for not making fun of anyone. He's like, thank you. Thank you for not making fun of our beliefs and our behavior. And we all know it got a little silly at times. Even people who are still in the movement think that it got a little silly and away from itself, you know? Um I didn't well, even, hear... even the vineyard ultimately said, we don't want to have any part of it. <laughs> they sure did. They sure yeah. did. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't hear from him again after episode three. I felt like we had had a bit of a dialogue going on. So there's part of me that wonders if maybe there was something in that episode that maybe stopped him from wanting to continue the dialogue with me. Um, I've also heard, I mean, and things got, episode one, our season one was a totally different beast mood-wise compared to season two and compared to the seasons I'm working on right now. Mm. Um, the Toronto blessing, the people I spoke with, the people who were impacted, I'm not saying it was perfect, but it was very innocent. It was, um, I think that's a word that I use, a bunch of, like, nobody has anything bad to say about John and Carol, you know, like. Mom and dad, they're, yeah. They're superstars. Like, yeah. as much as all the stuff that I've looked at and gone through, like, they're stars to me. And I would enjoy sitting in a room and hearing them speak even today. I, I mean, the people who, I just felt like it, it was just like a, sense of wonder and maybe a bit of confusion and silliness and whatever. And then when I finished season one, I, from my research then knew, okay, I think Bethel in Reading is going to be the follow-up and it, things got a little darker. Mm. Things got, things got uh, the people who wanted to share stories with me. Um, it was not just about confusion and wonder and innocence. There was abuse happening and traumatic instances happening and a lot of gaslighting and a lot of control and that scared me I wasn't expecting that I thought it was going to be the same sort of journey and it hasn't been 
It's much mm, darker. I, I'd like to hear more on that. And we're talking with Tara Jean Stevens, who is from Vancouver, Canada, creator, host, producer, all of the above, with some help uh, of the Heaven Bent podcast. And as you mentioned, the first season was about Toronto and the Toronto Blessing. Second season, Bethel Church in Reading and this movement of music and full transparency. Many of the leaders of that are good friends of my household. And I would say probably our relationship has been at least thinned out some since we've kind of been on our own journey out of that church. Um, but also people that had tremendous impact in our lives and uh, just, just positive impact. It's complicated, isn't it? It is complicated. It's very complicated. It's, it's very complicated. And so I, I want to talk about that because I, I, I was listening to you on another podcast that you had done you know, in the past before season two came out and you talked about Bethel being a sort of a darker version of this. And, and tell me, you know, what did you find in that? How did you see that as sort of, I guess, a darker version of Toronto? Um, I think, well, I'll start off with saying that with Bill, with Bill Johnson, it was the same as as John and Carol. Even people who he's still one of my favorite been, guys. Yeah. yeah, I really liked him. Too. I really, I've yeah. never met him. I did have this like secret fantasy, like maybe I could convince them to join. It just never, obviously that was never going to work out. And the further I get into this, I realize like it's getting harder and harder to get um, anyone who's a Christian to come on my podcast. And so it's something I'm really having to toy with, with how do I find that balance I found in the first season and a little in the second season and these future seasons of people who believe won't talk to me anymore. Um, so that's something I'm wrestling with, but, uh, with, and with, by the way, we're all so polarized now it's getting more and more difficult to have discussions across these divides a little bit. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent, which is too bad. Um, yeah. And, so, I and mean, honestly, Tara, it was part of, part of our journey was, uh, like you say, kind of questioning, wow, there's some things that I don't agree with here. And particularly for us in the, in the GW Bush administration, my wife and I were like, man, this this right wing stuff that's mixed in with our religion is, is a problem. We didn't see it as an overarching problem. And then Donald Trump came along. And I think that was the tipping point for many people that we're seeing now of like, Oh, this, this right wing stuff isn't benign. It's, it's really ugly. And, and honestly, that was seeing that not so much from Bill Johnson, who is the pastor of Reading church, although he did write an op-ed in Christianity today about why, he voted for Donald Trump that I found horrifying. But many other leaders became very, very strong advocates, even for QAnon, all these things. Yes. And I'm sorry, I totally interrupted your, your no, answer. No, please. No, I mean, this is this yeah. is part of my answer. Yeah. This is this is where some of it became a breaking point for us, where my wife and I are like, oh, we got to speak out about this. And then we quickly realized we couldn't speak out about it and still run in the same circles that we were in before. So, yeah, again, it's this train, right? It's this train that's taken off from there. And like like if you disagree with it, you're evil. I mean, there's not a disagreement to be had. You're either totally for this Trump side of things or you're for the devil. You're a snake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And so that's where it gets darker. Right. Because people who are having instinctual reactions to the treatment or the messages that they're hearing either on the pulpit or just from regular people in therapy sessions, 
Uh, that's where a lot of that stuff I felt the people that were telling me stories, that's where a lot of the traumatic stuff was happening was in regards to, um, you know, dealing with child abuse and getting demons out of their body or whatever. Like a lot of these people just needed a, a good therapist and instead they were in an exorcism, you know? Mm. Um, and so if there's not a conversation happening there about where's the line here where we're humans and then we're in the supernatural world. It's like, it, it's, it's really muddy there. Um, one of the, um, one of the, the big things I think that came up for me is exactly what you just mentioned though, is it got political. It got Trumpy. It got QAnon-y. It got, uh, you know, the QAnon thing shocked me. I'm like, how did that get passed? Like that's, there's nothing in the Bible about that. What do you, where, how did this, why am I talking about this in my podcast? And that was the number one complaint. If, you know, it's been very successful, but the number one complaint that I got from people regarding season two, from people who really liked season one is it got political. That wasn't my fault. Right. That was not my fault. That Your podcast is got political because it got political. Because it? it got political. Yeah. And so, I mean, I wish that sometimes I could hop on Apple Podcasts and respond to people that have given that comment because I would have loved others. I would have loved if it didn't get political. I would have loved if it stayed all supernatural and questioning whether miracles were real and whether someone's leg had grown. I was perfectly happy with staying in that world. But, um, you know, with with the election happening during the time that I was researching it with uh, Sean Foyt and his tour and how political that got and his connections to Bethel, I just had to follow sort of the breadcrumbs that were being left for me. And yeah, it got dark. Yeah, Sean Foyt was uh, and Bethel is really known for its music. And Sean was. not maybe a part of it, but certainly related and had moved to Reading to be a part of Bethel and then became a person touring the country during uh, during COVID, having sort of anti-mask rallies, you know, but calling it a worship service. And, and I really do think this is dangerous. We're, we're, we're drawing people into a, a politicized religious belief. And I honestly think if you read the gospels, it's, it's the very thing that Jesus despised and stood against was a politicized, nationalized, racialized religion that this has become. Also, I know you were dealing with uh, and you were talking to some students. Bethel has what's called the Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry, BSSM, which is huge. And people come from all over the world to this little bitty town of Redding, California. To I probably would have wound up there myself, <laughs> honestly. Like. <laughs> And and the gay issue, the LGBTQ plus IA plus affirmation is a huge issue in the evangelical church right now. And that was something you dealt with in the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it it was really important for me to deal with that, mainly because like that thing that I mentioned before about leaving the church and coming to the city and meeting gay people and realizing that they weren't these evil people that had been presented to me. Um, And then also just finding out how harmful that message was to people, my peers growing up who were gay, who were, who would have been trans if the world had been different back then, you know, like Mm -hmm. how damaging that was to them. And I felt like, even though I wasn't the one telling that message that I sat there in it, I didn't know better at the time, but that now as an adult, I do know better. 
And so I feel like I have a mission to help with healing and uh, it is completely against what the church taught me, you know, and there's still that part in me that I feel like a bad girl. I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Um, but then I just have to talk to these people and hear about the journeys that they've been through to know that I'm, I feel like I'm doing something right by them, uh, even in just creating a space where you can have these conversations. How far removed are you from being in, in that belief system? How far removed am I from being? Because I'm intrigued that you you still wrestle with these things, all these. All yeah, these well, I I think it's they're embedded in me. Yeah, I I, yeah. I I I believe that Jesus was a real man that was in the world, and that he was a revolutionary, and that he probably was like super interesting and had gatherings of people, and but he was. I don't believe that he was the son of God. I don't believe that the world is 3000 years old. I don't believe that the Bible is without fault. I don't believe in the Trinity. I don't, I just don't. I just, I, 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 I did a, I went to college and I found out that there were myths long before all that, that, that just got moved into. And that to me, I don't know, but I still go, how come my friend is still a Christian? How come? How come you're still a Christian? You seem like a guy that can have conversations like this. I, I, I'm more so fascinated with just how we all can have the same information and still come up with different conclusions. Yeah. It's just a mystery. It's just a mystery. It is a mystery. I, I think, and again, I, I think that need for community is a huge thing. And, and yeah. people will choose. I, I see many, many Christians choosing to live cognitively dissonant to use a, a catchphrase maybe of the day to yeah. be able to stay in the community. Like you, you ac actually have to make that choice. Um, I, I actually think there's a middle ground, just like you. I, I think the story of Jesus is amazing. And if he wasn't born of a virgin and didn't raise from the dead, I still think the story is amazing and, and life-changing. And, and yeah. so I want to unbuckle us from some of the, some of the other stuff. And I, and I think to argue that the Bible is inerrant and you, read it as two dimensional words on the page, like they were written by an American, you, you really get it wrong. And, and so we can have an honest conversation about what the Bible is and still love it and glean wisdom from it and not hate people because of it. Uh, and, and so that's really the, the pursuit that, that I'm in here. So it's, it's beautiful to hear that you still hold on to some of the, the kind of that core uh, of, goodness, love your neighbor as yourself kind of Jesus and be able to sort of say, and some of the other stuff's a little out there. Yeah, hundred percent. I think you, you bring up a really interesting point too, about, uh, especially when I got into Bethel about this suddenly becoming an American story about mm. Christianity, because there is, we're very different countries. We're very similar. We're super similar That's right, you're Canadian. to other people. But if you uh, compare us just face to face, we're very, very different. And I think that is why the Toronto Blessing was so different from Bethel, why season one was so different from season two. It really was America. It's a completely different world down there, you know, and that's why up here, like politics did not get involved whatsoever. It was a different mm -hmm. time, too, but um there is definitely just a, a different element in the States. And it's unfortunate that it's, it's all, I think it's really unfortunate that it, that it's all got caught up because I think whatever positive maybe could have come from a place like Bethel. I don't think that it's, that's happening. I think mm. that I personally feel 
in regards to my research that there's far more negative that have come from that than positive. You said you talked to the current pastor of the what what was once the Toronto Vineyard Church. Yeah. Did you reach out to Bethel leadership at all? Did you connect? Were you able to talk to anybody from Bethel Church? Um, yeah, I mean, I spoke with a, um, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but he was the communications manager for Bethel. And I reached out to him very start, very start. Hey, I've done this podcast. I'm working on a second season on Bethel. I just want to start a conversation about potentially having some interviews with people within the church, teachers, um, you know, Bill himself, like, I, like, I'm just open to anything and, and everything. And they, uh, he was very receptive, he was super friendly with me. I heard nothing but good things from uh, other people about this guy, people who were ex Bethel um, members or uh, graduates that are no longer in the church from the school. They all had good things to say about him. And uh, we did have a really good back and forth. And then at one point, he just, uh, I think it was like, once the season had launched, I was still working on it. Like, I was mm. still hoping something would come together and he, I, I'm going to use the word ghosted, but he just stopped responding to any of my, my messages. So that's when I knew, okay, I'm on my own on this one. And how did you find the guests that you found for that second season? The the students that you talked to and such? Oh, it was so, it was so special. I mean, uh, I had one, stu one student who really made a huge difference for me in that season that allowed for the balance that I'm still longing for in my future seasons. And her name was Grace. And she was at the time that I was doing mm -hmm. my uh, research and building the, you know, scripts and everything. She had just started uh, her first term at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And she was so open to allowing me to use the audio from her socials as she figured out what she was doing there. And I would check in with her every few months to see where she was at. And I just appreciated her so, so much. <laughs> because and and she, she's still, a, she's still a believer, right? She's still a believer. She's right. still there. She knew that I was questioning it. She knew that I wasn't a Christian. That's always anybody that I invite on my show. And I know I'm taking a risk because I, I say, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm not a Christian. This is not a Christian podcast, but I really want your voice to be here. I want to hear your point of view. I want to hear about your struggles and your miracles and all that kind of stuff. So grace for me in season two was definitely um, the big one. There were other Christians that season, including like a former teacher at the school and stuff like that. But um, grace for me was the touch point throughout that season. And the person that so many people that I talked to now about that season connected with, um, they see a lot of themselves in her, in her, whether they're still Christians or they've walked away she was a very relatable person. And so I appreciated that she was willing to, to talk to me. Yeah. But again, like, Oh, I want people to keep doing that, but I'm having <laughs> trouble, I'm having trouble. And she was, she was sweet. And, and again, I would tell people, listen to the podcast, even if you love Bethel and love the vineyard movement and, and Bethel, like you say, really is sort of the next iteration. They came out of that vineyard movement really. And, um, and it's not and some scandalous expose where I just right. crap all over it at all. It, it shows. And, and Grace was the, I'm glad you brought her up because it's per, that, that, that they're not evil people. They, no. they're, they're, they're wholeheartedly going after what they believe is God. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's actually beautiful. And for some, it's very life transforming. And again, for me, it was transform transformative, but then, there's this sort of underbelly of things that is is really my message of, but we have to be honest to that. 
And if we don't get that out, we are hurting people and we have hurt generations of people with purity culture and all of these things that yeah. come out now. You had this another another young man, he, he said he was a, a two-spirit, which is a, a term I just found out about. Uh, Me too. So not- I, that's how I learned it from my guest. <laughs> yeah. He, which he is, grew up in Bethel, grew up yeah. in Bethel Supernatural Ministry School. He was a leader there. Yeah. And and explain what a two spirit is, or what he explained two spirit. Yeah, well, he's he's indigenous, and yeah. uh, they have a term called two spirit, which means you have both a feminine and a masculine spirit. Um, uh, they, uh, you would understand them probably as as gay or homosexual. And I mean, I'm still trying to figure out now too. Like, I'm raising a 12 year old girl. Uh, completely different from how I was raised. And so she's like, you know, I'm talking about her friends and it's they, them, he, she, like, I got to make right. sure I get it all straight. <laughs> and that's how I felt meeting, meeting this guest was, uh, okay, what are their, what are their pronouns? Making sure mm-hmm. that I get this all right. And they figured out th- who they, they are coming out of Bethel, but being told for so long that they were evil and wrong, going through some incredibly traumatic um, therapy sessions within um movements within the within Bethel like the ex-gay movement um which is which is a strong movement inside Bethel that you you can become non-gay yeah that you can become non-gay or ex-gay or whatever ex-gay yeah yeah, ex-gay uh so yeah another guest that I was so um thankful uh their name was Snowflake actually right so thankful that they were willing to trust me right because they'd never talked publicly about that and Snowflake was one guest amongst many uh, that were worried about legal repercussions. Mm. Um, so has, have there been any? No, no, there haven't. There haven't. I have. I mean, I'm not a journalist. Some people might call me a journalist. I think of myself as more as a documentarian. Um, but also I'm not unbiased. Even though I try to do this, I also make it clear I have my own opinions on this. Um, when I was working on that season, I did get a really strange, uh, contact from someone that warned me about how extreme they felt that Bethel might get in trying to protect their message and image. But I honestly leaned towards, I felt like that person was more speaking from a delicate mental health place, um, because I didn't get that from Bethel especially considering I'd had many back and forths with the communications manager there who was aware of what I was doing. And um, yeah, I ended up getting shut down in the end, but I, I get that. I mean, we're talking with Tara Jean Stevens from heaven bent podcast. I, uh, man, I have so many more questions. Our time is, is running short. Um, I, I have a couple more things I want to ask you. One was this, the, the scene where you go back to your old church is I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's beautiful <laughs> so and painful. What was it. that like for you to go back there? Oh my God. It was the best. And what was so <laughs> cool about that trip was like, that is the last trip that I've taken since the pandemic started. The pandemic, oh, no. uh, I took that trip in the last weekend in February of 2020. And of course the world changed the following month. I'm surprised I didn't catch COVID on the flights up there. That I mean, it was going around. Wow. So, um, yeah, I I flew up there with all my recording gear. I had not been back there in a long time. I didn't know who in the church was going to be willing to talk to me about this. I was literally just going to show up. So I turned on the recorder and walked into the church. And 
the, uh, there was like a girl I went to Christian school with, who's now the pastor of the church. And I got to see the old <laughs> sanctuary again. And of course, what was so incredible was these women who had the gold teeth stories were willing to sit down with me after Sunday morning service and tell me their testimonies and what those moments meant to them and what the Toronto blessing meant to them. Mm. And it really allowed for me to see the innocence in it and the, um, I guess that, it, that even though I've, again, found fault in it, that there was still something meaningful and positive about it, especially in their lives. Mm. I think there was also, there's also a quality about, um, I felt like as adults and I was a child that there was some accountability maybe. Um, you want an apology? I don't know if I wanted an apology, but like if, if there was an ounce of doubt in them, then maybe I felt like there was some accountability, but there wasn't, mm. they still believed. And I, I was inspired by that too, because it's magic, right? It's, that they still believe that um, made me, I don't know, it made me feel good. I don't oh, know okay. why it did. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me, but that also comes down to the fact that like, I never went into this and still don't now. I'm not trying to like take down the church. I'm not trying to rip anything to shreds. I'm not trying to make anyone not be a Christian anymore. I'm just pointing out that there is trauma and um, confusion that has come from this. And uh, there are a lot of us who were kids back then when that was happening, it's damaged us as human beings. And I mm -hmm. think that there needs to be a conversation about that. And, and that really does play into my last question because, because your podcast, and then I don't know if you've been listening at all to the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast. If I haven't heard it yet, but everyone's telling me I got to hear it. I, yeah. I literally feel myself dying inside as I listen to it because in some ways I'm angry I'm angry that that some that we were sort of misled and then I'm sorry because I was also a part of it. And and so it is you know it it's a little bit voyeuristic um watching somebody else be torn limb from limb, you know, in some ways there theirs is a much more critical podcast perhaps than than yours although still I think they do a good job of saying and these good things happened. People's lives were changed. Um but also just, it, it is so bittersweet. And, and so I guess, and you sort of answered this, but that's, that's the idea of what we're trying to get at now, I guess a little bit is let's just have an honest conversation about what happened. Is, is, is that kind of the, the fruit of this you hope? Yeah, I do. I think it's just uh, maybe taking it, taking a step back if, if you can from your beliefs and look at each other as humans for a mm -hmm. moment and acknowledge that like as much as let, let's say like for example like the exorcisms you know as much as you believe in the devil that you're telling a 16 year old kid that he's got a demon in him because of his mm. you know like that is trauma you're hurting people so mm. deeply with these things with these it's the, these oh oh there i'm getting all worked up again yeah well I, and i'm people i'm learning about DID, disassociative identity disorder, and yeah. we would have called the, that demonic and, yeah. and had an exorcism for somebody that actually was a tool of their mental health and yeah. survival. And survival, protecting themselves. Yeah, boy, that's, yeah. that's terrible. Can, yeah. you, can you give us, uh, so what's a preview of what you have upcoming? 
Yeah. So I've got, uh, I'm simultaneously working on two seasons. Um, one of them is going to be a big beast. I'm doing the International House of Prayer Ooh, okay. in Kansas City. Um, so that one is that specifically the one that I'm, I'm having trouble finding people who are still within it that are willing to talk because there has been a very specific directive that they don't talk to journalists. They don't talk to document. They've been burned in the past. Right. So I'm really having to wrestle with, I've got this scroll of people who want to talk to me about their experiences. And it's a fascinating place. There's the whole prophetic history and like, you know, crazy comets coming down and like the prayer house and the fact that it's been going for so long. I mean, there is a lot of like really fascinating things there, but again, there's also a hell of a lot of trauma uh, going on there. And there's a lot of people that want to speak about it. So I don't know if there's anyone listening who is still coming from like a real faith-based perspective that has had anything to do with the International House of Prayer and can help paint for me the positives that come for that place. I really do want to reflect that in this season. But at this point, I've been working on it several months. I haven't reached out to this, the church specifically yet. I've been working now with more individual people. Um, mm-hmm. But at this point, I can't, I cannot find that perspective for this season. So it's making me wonder, you know, like our future season's going to have to take a shift because I'm still going to explore this mm. if they speak to me or not. And the other season, Go the ahead. other season is, uh, is in the same world. It's like, it's, uh, it's based on a, a group of churches in uh, the Nashville area. So Pentecostal based, Uh, Definitely got wrapped up in like Brownsville revival type of movement, which again was also Toronto, Uh, but it's definitely going to have more of that Southern gospel vibe. We're going to learn about the history of gospel music, um, but also the shaking and the falling in the South and how that sort of atmosphere in in, in the American South still impacted me up in Prince Rupert. You know, I felt like I was in the South when I was shaking and calling out to Jesus. Right. So what are those connections between us and the influence that the, the uh, Southern American Pentecostal church has had on the rest of us? So how would somebody connect with you if they could be a good, uh, a good resource for you in these? Yeah, there's lots of ways to reach me. Um, Any of my socials uh, I'm at Tara Jean online uh, on Twitter and Instagram, you can find the Heaven Bent Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I'm even on TikTok. I've had some, I've had some fun connecting with people who are deconstructing on TikTok. I think there's a real a good world there. Yeah, it's an interesting world that's happening on there. Uh, you can also just friend request me on Facebook, Tara Jean Stevens. There's lots of ways to find me, and I love hearing from people. Wonderful. Well, it is a a fantastic podcast. I wholeheartedly recommend. You listen Thanks, to Paul. it. It's it's on Apple Pod. It's on all the other places out there for people to find, and and particularly for those deconstructing. And again, I hear it a lot from people. Like, can I still be okay with some of the beautiful things that happened? I think Tara Jean's podcast will really be helpful for you uh, in that process because it is a beautiful sort of dissecting through that. So make sure and check it out. And Tara Jean, I have loved talking to you. Thanks for you too. That was great. For, yeah. Lots oh, look, I'm like crying on the way out. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, well, it's really and nice to connect with you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll see you guys soon. <laughs>